You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hi, I'm Andrew Child, and welcome to 50 Key Stage Musicals, the podcast, a companion piece to the Routledge Press publication, 50 Key Stage Musicals, which is available for purchase by going to routledge.com or clicking the link below in today's show description. Today's episode focuses on Chapter 16, Gypsy, and with us today is the author of that chapter, Professor Robert W. Schneider. Professor Schneider holds academic appointments at Penn State University, New York Film Academy, and the University of Mount Union. He is the artistic director of the J2 Spotlight Musical Theater Company, original programming producer at Feinstein's 54 Below, as well as the host of the podcasts Behind the Curtains, Broadway's Living Legends, Gay Card Revoked, and This Was a Thing. He is also the co-author of 50 Key Stage Musicals. Rob, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Andrew. Thank you for asking. I'm so excited. We're talking about my favorite musical of all time. We are also talking about my favorite musical of all time. I really love Gypsy, and I can't wait to dive into this with you. Can you start just telling us why was it selected to be in this book? What makes it a key musical? You know, there's two two reasons why we selected it for this book. Or we could have gone with any one of these two reasons, I think. is First of all, it really makes the libretto adult. It takes the libretto of musical theater and moves it to a much higher level in terms of structure, in terms of content, in terms of character, in terms of dialogue. That's number one. If we didn't even want to go on that route, I think that the character of Mama Rose is probably the most three-dimensional, psychologically complex character in American musical theater up until... Up until that moment, I think up until that moment, we'd had nice characters and interesting characters, but there really wasn't that much to them. Even characters from the Rodgers and Hammerstein mold now today through revisionist revivals and stuff, we, we add certain things to them. But I feel a lot of those times we're adding things that are not really there. Mm-hmm. And the script of Gypsy allows the, the character or the Mama Rose character to explore 90 million different avenues of how to play that. But it's all based in the text. You don't need some director coming in to layer on a concept. It's all there in the text. So either Mama Rose as a psychologically complex protagonist or the fact that the libretto moves light years ahead of where librettos have been previously. Okay. And in the chapter, you focus a lot. You're talking about the subtext with the Mama Rose character being one of the key elements that makes this libretto so excellent. So I'd love to sort of hear your thoughts on um, Arthur Lawrence when he talks about writing this book. Um, He talks about this being stepping away from the idea of musical comedy, that this is the first musical theater. Do you think that that is an accurate statement that he's obviously making about his own work? (laughs) And if anyone loves talking about his work, it's Arthur Lawrence. Yeah, um, I I would agree with him. I mean, I would absolutely agree with him. There is such a psychological complexity 
and subtext to these characters that it just elevates itself into a whole new genre of musical theater. So yes, I, I would absolutely agree with him on that point. I would absolutely agree with him on that point. And you also, you talk about in the chapter, a specific portion of the script. Mm -hmm. uh, did you want to just sort of summarize that for listeners who haven't read the book yet? Oh, sure. The the ending of the show or the 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 small uh, small world section. That's I was thinking about um, the small world section. Sure. And I think, you know, when we think of Gypsy and we think of its brilliance, so often we go back to the, the brilliance of the score. Everything's coming up roses. Mm -hmm. Some people roses turn. I can go on and on and on. Um, but one of the songs that I find really fascinating in terms of how subtext is being used in a particular moment through Gypsy is the moment where Rose, our, our mother character, meets Herbie for the first time, who, if you've seen the show, you know, will become her love interest, her long-suffering love interest. Mm. She meets him, um, and in the, I'll, I'll tell you briefly what happens in the scene. She meets him backstage at a theater. He offhandedly mentions that he used to be an agent. She needs an agent for her kids. He starts to leave, and she has to figure out how to keep this guy in the room. First mm. of all, we're talking objective, which is something that, you know, I think when musicals were being constructed, it's like, well, when are they going to sing pretty? Or we need some <laughs> snappy jokes. Here. The only one that I would say maybe comes closest to what I'm talking about is mm -hmm. the most happy fella. Oh, but, beca but because that's such a sung through piece, and some people will even argue that it moves into opera or an advanced operetta category, I'm not mm -hmm. including it here. I'm talking about the, the perfect symbiosis between book, lyric, and musical composition. Sorry, so going back to, to, to Small World, mm -hmm. she has to keep this guy in the room somehow and get her to do what she wants for him. The brilliance of Arthur Lawrence's script is you could play Rose and go, well, what do I want from him? Do I want him to be my agent? Do I want him to be my love interest? Do I, am I just going to use this guy? Do I genuinely have feelings for him? And mm -hmm. all of those avenues are supported by the text and the way that the show moves forward. And one of the things that I mentioned in my in my chapter, which I find so interesting about Small World, is I look at all the actresses who have played Rose on Broadway, and I'm sure there's 90 other ways that could be done if you look at actresses who did it in regional theater in Summerstock. Right. But on Broadway, all of these actresses have the same text, have the same lyrics, and they all find different ways of keeping this person in the room. Mm. And I and one of the things that I mentioned, and I didn't want to, I didn't want to sound like I was being pejorative, but an example that I use is if you look at something like I could have danced all night from My Fair Lady, right. which is a gorgeous song and is a brilliant musical moment. And when she sings it, you sit there and you go, yes, she's happy for the first time. <laughs> right. But right. there's really because of the way that it's structured, you really don't have a lot of ways to interpret that material. She comes mm -hmm. in and she's happy. If she comes in and she plays, quote unquote, subtext of my life has never been good till this moment, the audience goes, what the fuck's happening? Or okay. you, do you know what I mean? Like you can add yeah. little bits of business or you can add this or you can add that. But if you try to take the song into a different direction, the moment in the show somehow becomes dissipated. Unlike Gypsy, which is saying, hey, listen, here's what needs to happen. Here's where you need to go. 
how many mm. different routes can we take to get there? Okay. And I don't think other musicals are. I mean, I unless unless somebody calls me out and says that I'm wrong, I don't know how many different ways she can get through I could have danced all night. Right. And do you think that that is something we see, this sort of sophistication, these complex characters? Is that something we're seeing in Arthur Lawrence's later works or works leading up to this? Or was Gypsy just like... I don't, I'm going to, I think Gypsy is an anomaly. This is just okay. my, my impression. First of all, yeah. he's, you know, as a, as a playwright, mm-hmm. you know, he had lots of interesting work, but we're talking specifically about musicals. No, right. because I think West Side Story is beautiful and as moving and as gripping as West Side Story is from a character perspective. They're still kind of that two, they're left over from that mm. two dimensional Rogers and Hammerstein world, the young juvenile, the hopeful ingenue. Mm-hmm. Um, the sassy best friend. So right. while they're dealing with very realistic themes, they don't really break those stereotypes. Gypsy does break those stereotypes. In mm-hmm. future Arthur Lawrence musicals, you know, maybe Time of the... Uh, do I Hear a Waltz? I'm sorry, maybe Do I Hear a Waltz? Um, kind of, and I'm saying just kind of in that one. Just kind of, okay. Yeah, and Lacage that he writes the uh, no, sorry that he doesn't write the book for. I'm sorry that he directed. Oh yeah, we're only talking about his librettos. So no, I think Gypsy's an anomaly. Sorry, long answer to a short question. No, that's totally fine. What do we think comes in to the process of making Gypsy when we put Ethel Merman in this role? In terms of like a commercial aspect or in terms of an artistic aspect aspect i think in in terms of like the artistic aspect i i think casting her is actually Mm -hmm. a genius move because up until this point ethel merman was known as she's the woman who comes in she stands center stage she's really loud some didn't even like her at all because they thought she was too vulgar um, mm. because she had this very quote unquote masculine energy about her, as opposed to somebody like a Mary Martin or a Barbara Cook or somebody along right. those lines. Um, I think Cass, but she also had this reputation of, well, she's not an actress. That was the reputation. She's not an actress, right. she's not an actress, she's not an actress. So I think the brilliance of casting her is saying Gypsy's about surprises. It mm-hmm. surprises about what the audience is going to expect. And I think by saying, hey, listen, we're going to surprise you by taking this woman that you, all you think she can do is sing mm. and showing that she's got all this range inside of her, to me, I think is a brilliant move. Yeah, to give I, her these soft songs. I mean, also talk about surprises to have her first entrance, spoiler alert, coming down as, the aisle through the house as soon for that is probably the, you know I, I please forgive me and I can't I've, I've heard this from a lot of people I mm-hmm. think Jerry Zach said this so I'm going to say that Mr. Zach said this got it the first five minutes of a musical are the most important because those are the ones that sets up the contract with the audience and mm-hmm. no matter what you do after those five minutes even if it's brilliant you might never get them back again And I think the Mm -hmm. genius of Gypsy is saying, first of all, it starts with one of the greatest overtures ever. Oh, my gosh. And it's uh, talk about winning you over, bringing you in. Oh, yeah. That is powerful. That is an energized overture. You hear that brass and you go, this is showbiz. This Mm. is this is show business. This is showbiz, baby. This is showbiz, baby. 
and that and the show starts and there's no opening number. Mm-hmm. There's no happy villagers number where everyone comes out and says, here's our community. Um, it starts with a book scene. Mm-hmm. And automatically you go, huh? What? OK. And then maybe what? Nine lines in. We hear sing out Louise sing out from the back of the house. And all of a sudden, this leading lady of Broadway, our protagonist, is entering right next to us. Through that alone, the team is telling you this is not going to be the traditional show that you're used to. Mm. Throw all your expectations out the window. And then it it follows up on that promise. It totally subverts the way we meet characters, the way it ebbs and flows all the way through to if you wanted to talk a little bit about uh, what you outline about the ending in your chapter is not a typical ending of a Broadway musical. Oh, my God. No. You know, you look at the last scene of Gypsy, Mm -hmm. and this is why I think it's such a great libretto, is you cannot tell from the dressing room scene where Louise tells Mama Rose, I thought you did it for me, Mama, which is essentially cutting Rose out and forcing Rose to confront what her problems are. Through Rose walking out of that dressing room, walking onto the bare stage of this burlesque house, going into her Rose's turn, which is a musical awakening, a musical epiphany, to the end of the show where then it returns with Louise coming back and having what looks like the beginnings of an olive branch between the two of them. Mm. You cannot tell where Julie Stein stopped, where Stephen Sondheim started, where Arthur Lawrence stopped, where Jerome Robbins started. It feels all of one mind. And Mm. that to me is absolutely brilliant. And I think that's capturing magic in a bottle. Oh, absolutely. And I mean, that's where, again, the subtext is coming in, these choices that these actors get to make in these dynamite roles. And obviously, when we talk Mama Rose, incomparable, uh, the women who have played. Oh, God, yes. That role. Yeah, um, and I think, you know, just the last the what I and you just brought this up and I think it's so interesting, mm-hmm. you know, the last spoiler alert, the last thing in Gypsy where we think mom and daughter are going to make peace with each other. The mom says, you know, I had a dream and it said, you know, um, Rose and her daughter, Gypsy. Mm-hmm. And you think to yourself, if you're an actor, you can play this 90 different ways. Is she making that as a joke to her daughter? Like, I know how mm. crazy I've been and that's going to stop. Or is she serious? Wait a minute. What do you think about this? So she's always going to be scheming. And she's always never going to be able to stop trying to be famous. Does that make sense? Yes. Like you can play that 90 different ways. You know, if you play Eliza, where the devil are my slippers, you there's pretty like one or two ways to play that. Which then just makes it the role of Mama Rose such an attractive role for an actor. Um, Yes. I we talked about I know you've seen the Imelda Staunton production that was filmed um she seems dangerous she makes you nervous she seems volatile you know i think had this show not been written in the 1950s where there were certain things an audience would allow and not allow Mm -hmm. i think this show probably would have gone much darker 
than what was probably mm-hmm. seen in the 1950s because the real Rose was, you know, she was accused of killing someone. She was, right. you know, um, um, in, apparently in her later years, she was a lesbian or identified as a lesbian. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, there's so many things about her that are so fascinating that we can't bring to the forefront. But I feel like Imelda Staunton's performance is definitely saying this woman is there's something chemically unbalanced with her there's mental there's unchecked mental health issues yeah and there's something about uh, you know she's the opposite of ethel merman she's this little yes petite woman and all of a sudden for her to just have this coming out of her is scary rose can be anything she can be as i mean imelda staunton and time daily you cannot mm. physically have two more opposite types from each other and right. both mesmerizing in the role. You could have mm. Bernadette Peters versus Ethel Merman. Rose right. also, you know, she can be played young if she was if she's a young mom. Mm-hmm. Right. Because it's the, the time period. She doesn't have to be as old as these actresses, as older as these actresses are that are being cast in it. She could right. be a young woman. There is so much latitude here. Mm. which makes it a much richer experience. Right. Well, and I mean, we can look at Patti Lapone, who really made a career playing it at many different yeah. points. Um, and that gives us a full spectrum because Patti Lapone doing this role now versus Patti Lapone doing this role 15 years ago sure. is two very different things. I'm wondering, are there... Um, are there women who you feel like we've missed out on their rose? Like, has anyone aged out of it who you would have loved to have seen tackle this part? Like living or dead or like like living alive? or dead. Yeah. Um, dead. <laughs> dead. Um, I would have loved to have seen seen Elaine Stritch do it. Oh, I would, OK. I would love to have seen B. Arthur do it. Oh, of course. Um, I would love to have seen Diane Carroll do it. Um, oh, excellent. Yeah. Uh, the the uh, Rita Moreno, I think, would have been a really interesting Mama Rose. Okay. Um, that's those are just some of the names that come to my mind that I wish I could have seen mm. do it. Um, you know, you might think I'm nuts. I, I don't know if she would say if she could sing it, but like, I, <laughs> maybe I'm on a Golden Girls face today. I think watching somebody like a Betty White or a Cloris Leachman would be interesting, mm. especially Betty White, because I think that idea of using my sweetness to get these people to do what I want, but there's something going on deeper under the surface, I think would be interesting. Well, and what's her character on the Mary Tyler Moore? Oh, Sue Ann Nivens. Sue Ann Nivens. That would be, yeah. Yeah. Those are the actresses that I would like to have seen do it, that I would, that I I would have been fascinated to see what they brought to the role. Mm. Well, I mean, I mean, I mean, I think one of the cool thing about Gypsy is, is you can give it to any actress and there's, they're going to find a way into it. I, a- I w- yeah, I was going to say the um, Stella Adler in her book, um, she's, you know, pish posh. Uh, we'll ne- we're never going to know if Marlon Brando is one of the greats because he's not doing Lear. He's not doing Iago. So if he's not doing these roles, we're never going to know. Um, and in a, you know, shut up, Stella Adler. Um, but <laughs> in a different way, it is kind of nice to have these roles that never go out of style, that we'll never get tired of seeing, that it's kind of like, um, like, you know, 
I've seen Lear more than I've ever seen any other play or any other musical, anything. Um, and recently I got to see um, Christopher Lloyd do it. And I remember being at intermission and hearing someone say, oh, it's just, he's a one note Lear. It's the pacing isn't there. He's not varying it up. And I wanted to just be like, shut up. Like we're seeing Christopher Lloyd do Lear. You know what I mean? Like give him his chance. It's only intermission. Like let's see what happens. Um, and I do feel that way about um, Mama Rose as well. Like I, I don't really care who's designing. I really actually don't care at all who's directing. Um, but give me someone interesting in that role and I'm into it. I want to see it. I also think it's a strong enough role and the material is so strong. You can hand it to maybe an actress that's not the best and they'll find something in there that they can latch on to. It's just good material. It's, you, don't, yeah. you, you don't have to work to make that work. Right. I mean, think of how many shows from that era, you know, that would be honestly that would be you would try to do today and people would go, what the how? How? Right. How do we go into this? Right. Like and I, I hate to keep coming back to my fair lady, but I feel like that's one where now it has to be told through whatever the director's vision. Of, oh, absolutely. Of that is. And when you do that, no offense to the most recent production at Lincoln Center, but, mm -hmm. you know, you gain things and you lose things. Right. And I think with Gypsy, I don't see us gaining or losing anything as time goes on. No, I, well, I don't feel like we need to put it through any sort of new lens to make it edgy, to make it feel contemporary, to make it feel fresh, to make it feel new. I don't think there's anything, even though, yes, you point out the source material is darker than what the show gives us. I don't think it's a rosy, pleasant, you know, pastel tinted show no. at all, you know? Um, and I think it's timeless because it's about parents and children. That doesn't mm. go away. I it's, it's Same for me as Fiddler on the Roof, which I don't think Fiddler on the Roof will ever go away because no. it's about parents and children and family. And while the clothing might change or the, the entertainment might change, that story will always be universal. That story will always be timeless. Mm. I think it's why if you go back to Greek drama, something like Antigone is still done all the time. Because mm -hmm. it's about wh who, what's more important, the individual or the group. Right. You know, can a leader backtrack on something? Now, here's what's interesting. I don't know how many other musicals we can put in a discussion while saying, it, you know, Antigone, Oedipus Rex, Shakespeare, Gypsy. You know, I, I can't right. think of a lot of other titles that we could talk about that will still be done years and years and years from now. But do you feel like there is that future for Gypsy? Oh, yeah. yeah. I don't think it goes. I mean, it's about, like I said, it's about parents and children. It's mm -hmm. about the moment a child has to become the parent. It's the moment when you realize your parents are infallible. It's about mm. um, it's about sex at the end. I mean, that's the another element that goes into it. It's about, um, you know, what's appropriate, what's not appropriate. Um, it's about boundaries. You know, mm. a, a daughter who's trying to set boundaries for herself and a mother that keeps tearing them down one after another. So mm. I yeah, I, I think every generation will find something unique. And as long as the, it's like Hamlet, as long as there's an actress that comes along and we're now living in an age where gender is starting to be 
removed right. in terms of of performance, it maybe an actor will come along that mm-hmm. will say, you know, listen, I'll be honest with you. If Billy Porter was like, I want to play Mama Rose. Oh, I'd cool. Be, I'd be like, great. Get me tickets. I'm interested um, that as long as there's someone who wants to play it, it mm. will it will happen. And I think like Hamlet, like Medea, like Hickey, I think all of those things will no one will ever want to not do them. Right. There's and I haven't verified this, but there was an interview with Patty Lapone where the interviewer said, how do you feel about Adele's recent comments that she wants to play this role someday? Um, and I'm right there with Patty Lapone that it's like when Adele is the right age, I think she'd be amazing. I think she'd be phenomenal. Um, but then she wonders in the interview, uh, what is Adele drawn to about Mama Rose? You know, what draws her to it? And I think, yeah, everything you're hitting upon, there will always be an interest in playing Mama Rose because the material is just so fabulous. You brought up um, in another episode, we talked, we ended up talking about Gypsy somehow, and you brought up another actress that you would love to see. Would you want to talk about that here? Viola Davis? Yeah. I would love to see Viola Davis play this role because I think what she, she has such intelligence as an actress. I would love to see what she brings to how Mama Rose gets what she wants from people. Mm. Because Viola Davis to me is like a prism. Every time you turn it, something different is reflected. And Mm -hmm. I feel like the script of Gypsy is similar. So I would love to see what she brings to the table on that. Yeah. I think there's a rawness and a visceral quality to her that also would work really well. That's the fun thing. Like, it's fun to watch like Imelda Staunton be raw and visceral and then turn into a scared little child at the end. It's also fun to Mm -hmm. watch people who've played like Bernadette Peters who play it with this sweetness. And then at the end, we see how ferocious she can be. Mm. It's fine. I have never, I have seen productions of gypsy where I've always thought, Oh, this could be better. Or maybe this or that. Right. I've never left one. and was like, what the hell was that? That's great. The story is so good. It can survive bad designs or bad direction or bad supporting players. Mm. Now, million dollar question, does that statement still stand about the movie adaptation and the made for TV adaptation? The Rosalind Russell one? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, listen, I. Uh, OK, uh, this is my feeling on the Rosalind Russell version. Go go for it. Despite the fact that she can't sing. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think she's perfect casting for it. That's so interesting. Okay. I I don't see anything wrong with her playing Mama Rose. I really don't. Mama Rose needs to be intelligent, needs to Mm -hmm. be headstrong, and Mm -hmm. needs to be ferocious. And I feel like Rosalind Russell got all that across. That's my opinion. I'm I'm wondering, do you not think the same? It. So you have to understand, I grew up on the Bette Midler made for tv one which is the perfect iteration of gypsy in my mind possibly just because i grew up on it it's also one of the best movie musicals i think ever made the bet midler one oh uh, see i absolutely love it um i think perfect casting i think 
what a bummer that we never got her doing the show live. I know she had other priorities at the time. She had just come off of doing her big uh, concert, everything like that. And obviously she just came back uh, recently and did Dolly. So, you know, good for her. Um, but no, I think just because I grew up with that one and that's what I was familiar with when I first saw Rosalind Russell, I, um, I didn't love it. I didn't, I just sure. thought it sort of fell flat. I think um, that now I can diagnose that I think it is missing some of the subtlety, some of the subtext, um, which I think obviously this is not an original thought. When we put it on film, we can magnify that so much. And I think that Midler gives us that. I think she has all of this going on behind this facade. Um, and then Rosalind Russell, I feel like is just kind of screlting her way through. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, I think there were, uh, there were other actresses that I'm sure people were looking at. I, I, I would mm -hmm. imagine back then, like maybe a Betty Davis would be in consideration for it or mm -hmm. a Joan Crawford or, you know, one of the, one of those types. I don't know. Rosalind Russell, it doesn't bother me as much as it bothers other people. Okay. I but guess I will say, I don't necessarily think that I'm opposed to a mama Rose who can't sing or who oh. isn't really a singer first and foremost, like Imelda Staunton obviously can sing, but is first and foremost an actor, you know? And I think it works. Oh um, yeah. Cause once again, you know, there's trade-offs they, they will mm. always, I don't know if you'll ever find like the perfect Rose because I don't think that exists. It's like, who's the perfect Hamlet? It right. needs so many different, and there'll be some things that get emphasized and some things that won't. Like, for example, well, Melda Stone's a really good singer. I'm trying to think of somebody else. Like, uh, let's imagine for a second, Elaine Stritch doing it. If Elaine right. Stritch were to do it, you'd go, oh my God, the acting. Oh, the vocals. <laughs> oh, the vocals. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But if you flip it and it's, I don't know, Barbara Cook or somebody, although she's not the right, she's not right for this. Um, <laughs> you, you, you would go, oh my gosh, the, the, the vocals. Oh, the acting. Not that oh, she's a bad acting, actress. Yeah. She's not a bad actress at all, but. No, but it's, it's different. And that, I guess, brings us back to sort of um, what a lucky stroke of genius to put Ethel Merman in this. Yes. Someone who it can't really be said that She's a singer. Can't really be said that she's an actor. Can't really be said that she's a dancer. It's just she is an entertainer. She is a performer through and through one of the greats. Yes. And I will and I will say maybe through our 21st century lens, we can't say she's not a singer. Mm. She's not a, back then. They thought she was great. You know, and honestly, I mean, her voice. Was, I think that she was a much better actress than people gave her credit for. Oh, yeah. Honestly, I I think if you ever watch It's a Mad, 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 Mad World, she should have gotten an Oscar nomination. She is mm. so fun. They're like, well, she does the same thing over and over again. I'm like, do you want to talk about any of the people that are on Broadway today? Right. Right. That are, but don't have the personality, but they still do the same freaking thing. I won't mention names, but like <laughs> there are some people when you're, when you, they get announced for a show, you go, I know exactly what know. this is going to be. Yep. So I, I don't know where the oh, she does. You know, she's she does the same thing over and over again. So does everybody. Right. So does and everybody. I love Ethel Merman. I think she's fabulous. I just. Also, yes. Yeah. Also, it makes me so happy that Mama Rose, like I said, she doesn't have to be played 
uh, doesn't have to be cast older. Mm -hmm. But we're looking at one of the first times we're seeing a female lead of a certain age. Mm. Ingenue's up until that point, Eliza's supposed to be young. Uh, uh, Sarah, Adelaide, they're supposed to be young. Julie Jordan, Lori. You know, and every once in a while, you'd have like a lady in the dark where, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe there's a woman of a certain age in this or pal Joey. Um, But those shows were, you know, honestly, in those, the women in that, I think, come off as a little bit pathetic in some ways. Mm. Like, you know, Vera and pal Joey has to she pays she pays to have his company. Um, Liza and in Lady in the Dark is going through a psychological problem, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, it's and Rose, even though we know that there's there's mental health issues, she's still a fully formed, strong. She's strong. Yeah, there's nothing pathetic. There's nothing pathetic. You can feel sorry for her at times, but there's nothing pathetic or helpless or. And that and that interests me. And I think that's also great to see. And probably, yeah. I interests think, a lot of people wanting to play this role. Yeah, and I think Stephen Sondheim said, you know, in a lot of ways, Rose is America. Rose is that can do. I'm going to pick myself up and dust myself off, and you know, and she also comes from low economic means. Liza, right? In pow- in um, uh, Lady in the Dark is very wealthy. She's mm-hmm. a runs a magazine, and pal Joey Vera is very wealthy. Right. So to watch uh, a woman of a certain age. Uh, with not a lot of economic means, mm. struggle to survive. Fascinating. And it raises the stakes. Oh, absolutely. It raises the stakes when she steals the silverware from the restaurant, mm-hmm. you know, and she says, you know, the, the good Lord helps those who help themselves. What she's, for, she's stealing, but she's somehow able to justify why she's taking things. Like, how do you get into, but that's part of her mindset of survival. Yes, I know stealing is wrong, but I'm going to convince myself that I can do it, that it's okay to do it because the Lord helps those who help themselves. I mean, this, every, I mean, she's, I'm, I'm I just love her so much. Um, You don't get that in other shows. You don't get that in other shows. You just don't, you don't, you don't get the richness of this dialogue and other shows. I think if you're a musical theater writer, mm-hmm. you should study, study, study this libretto backwards, forwards, every which way, but sideways mm. in terms of three-dimensional, believable characterizations. So who would you say, or what would you say are the more contemporary or post-Gypsy Who's writing the characters that you're saying, yeah, that has something there that comes close or that rivals Mama Rose? Do we have any? Or again, is this an anomaly in your opinion? I'm sure people's. I mean, this is a hard one. It is. Yeah. Because I don't. I think there are musicals that are really well structured because of gypsy i think a mm. uh, funny thing happened on the way to the form is brilliantly structured i think 1776 is brilliantly structured mm-hmm. um sweeney todd mm. uh but these are all a fiddler on the roof fiddler on the roof but oh, they're right. but they're all sort of going back to that two-dimensional aspect that sondheim talks about which is like 
grumpy father, Kavechi right. um, uh, mother, mm-hmm. lost daughter. You know, they all sort of go into that. And that's really all you get. That's all you get with them. But I, I cannot. I mean, may, you know, may, next to normal um, is one where I felt like the characters and I'm talking I'm talking about a musical that says it's taking place in the here and the now and they're realistic and there's nothing, you mm-hmm. know, it's not like we're doing Xanadu or something like that. It's like right. real realistic fully fleshed characters next Mm -hmm. to normal i feel does that fun home i feel does that oh yeah um i think that might those are the ones that are coming to me off the top of my head right everything else i feel feels like it's sketched in a little bit and i'm sure people will reach out and go oh my god i can't believe you know you didn't mention blah 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 and i would love to Mm. i would love to hear that but those are the ones that just pop off my top the top of my head maybe maybe rent maybe rent okay but again like those shows that you just listed um even fun home i would say are more focused on an ensemble arc whereas this show it's all on this one character's shoulders it's all on this one actor's shoulders you know to really Uh, make or break yeah, I mean, you know, you could look at like the Jerry Herman ladies, like you could look at Dolly or you could look at mm-hmm. Mame. But the nice thing about Dolly or Mame is those are personality pieces. Those right. are really based on the energy that the, the actress brings to that role. And then the role sort of morphs. Mm. And then it can be, well, if it's Carol Channing playing it, then the objective is, is to, you know, be silly and zany and mm-hmm. to make everyone feel great. If it's somebody like Donna Murphy, then there's an actual like, oh, Donna Murphy would be a great Rose. Oh, she would absolutely. Be a great Rose. And also Dolly and Mame have enough going on around it that even if the Dolly or Mame is weak, and I have seen, I'll be honest, with you, I've seen productions of Dolly or Mame where Dolly and Mame weren't very good. And I was like, this mm-hmm. was not a, an evening well spent, but there's right. enough going on around them that you can kind of survive having a weak lead. Right. Okay. I think. However, yeah, they bring out a train. Yeah. Yeah. They bring out a train. Um, you know, Mame, there's a fox hunt. And you're like, what the hell Perfect. is happening? Um, Mame, I don't think we're ever going to see again because I don't think you can do that show anymore in the 21st century. I think. Damn I think it. That... I've been warming up. My man in the moon is a lady. I'm, I'm, I'm so sorry ready to go. I'm sorry. <sighs> I'm sorry. Um, Fine. But Gypsy. Yeah. I mean, Gypsy is one of those things like it's almost foolproof. It's almost mm. foolproof. I've seen countless productions of it. I don't ever think I've seen a production where I went away saying I'm so dissatisfied with this, with this having the story in my life for this these two hours. Wow, I've seen and commu- that's, yeah, I've that's seen com- huge for yeah. uh, anything. Yeah, I've seen community theater actors do it. I've seen high schoolers do it. I've seen Broadway professionals do it. They everyone brings something to to it. Everyone brings something to it. And I, but that's the material. That's because mm-hmm. it's good material. It's Shakespeare, it's Hamlet. And that's because of Arthur Lawrence's book. And yes, Sondheim's lyrics are incredible. And mm-hmm. Julie Stein, I think it's one of you know his best. Julie Stein, I've always felt oh, was as good as who he was working with. Okay. And, I, and I think this and Funny Girl are really great, but I think Gypsy's at the top of that list. Oh, easily, easily. Yeah, yeah. And it's, you know, the brilliance of, for example, let me entertain you. 
mm-hmm. I cannot think of a moment prior to Gypsy where when you heard the music again in a totally different subtextual context, you and you were like, what the hell is this? The fact that it's sung by these little eight year old girls, mm-hmm. you know, the let me entertain you. And it's so stupid and so silly. And it feels like a kitty number. And then when you go, it's the song she sings when she gets naked in front of guys mm-hmm. for money. You go, oh, my God, I didn't see that coming. Right. And you just and that's brilliant. But it makes sense then. You know, I think that's the genius part is I didn't yeah. see this coming. But now that you're doing this, obviously, oh, I yeah. should have seen it coming. Like, and that's it, what makes it so. Absolutely. Genius. And it sets it up in the beginning. It's this cute little ditty. And you go, oh, that's cute. That's the number she wrote for them. Ha ha. You never mm-hmm. think about it again. And then she starts singing it when she strips. <sighs> And you just go, what the fuck is happening? Or even I'm going to take it back because I think I get chills because I know what's coming when she's rifling through the portfolio Uh, of songs. What are you going to sing? Oh, what about this one? Or, you know, paraphrase. But when she picks out which song, like goosebumps, you know, there's, you know, to me, I feel there's no fat on Gypsy. There's no excess on Gypsy. There, there, everything in that show moves the story forward and gives you valuable information. Well, and that's where Arthur Lawrence is claiming that it's the first musical theater that's not musical comedy, that there isn't ever a break that we come away and we do a comic relief routine, you know, because even Gotta yeah, Get a I Gimmick yeah. is yeah. progressing us. Absolutely. I would I would agree with that 110 percent. 110 percent. Yeah. So it's it's a brilliant book. I think it is the best book for musical theater ever written. And uh, if you're starting musical theater, I would say study that like it's the Bible. You know, Mm. Gypsy, I think, should be taught the same way we teach Hamlet, the same way we teach uh, Romeo and Juliet, the same way we teach Medea. All it, it to me, it is in that. Uh, pantheon it is in it is deserves to be up on the pedestal that high wow wow well and if you you, and if you say no i'll fight you uh, yeah (laughs) well thank you so much for joining us today please make sure to purchase a copy of 50 key stage musicals by visiting routledge.com or by clicking in today's show description if you want to learn more about Gypsy, please also review the links in the below description. I am Andrew Child, and thank you for listening to 50 Key Stage Musicals, the podcast. Here she is, world! Here's Rose! Curtain Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now 
and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.